Hello and welcome back to New Paradigm Healing. This series focuses on ayahuasca-assisted therapy. Our intention is to educate, inform, and support the conscious and responsible use of ayahuasca in the Western context. If you want to know more about ayahuasca-assisted therapy and our upcoming trainings and workshops, sign up for our mailing list to be the first one to know about the latest news at avatarhealingarts.com. Hello and welcome back to ayahuasca-assisted therapy podcast. And today I'm here with one of my dear sister, Ayahuasca Kaur. And actually it's our first time meeting as well. So I'm very excited to get to know her and hear about her journey. and. Mm-hmm. Work with this beautiful plant ally so we're gonna just dive into it and i hope that you can yeah. so welcome Kaur or ayahuasca Kaur or how people address you normally you can call me aya yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so hi thank aya. you yeah thank you so much for the work you're doing um you know i i looked at your ig and um, i haven't actually listened to any of your podcasts yet <laughs> But I can tell from what you're doing, like you're just, you know, you're spreading the seed, you're showing up, you're doing a lot of, doing a lot of work, you know, to get the word out and education. And um, I really appreciate that, you know, so I just really thank you for everything you're doing. And um, thank you so much for reaching out. I'm super grateful. Yeah, thank you so much, sister. Yeah, same here. I was, you know, I came across uh, with your profile and your uh, feed on Instagram. And, and as I read and uh, looked at what you have posted, I really resonated with it. And I'm really big into just connecting with people who yeah. are the same kind of work and creating this kind of little aliens and network between us. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> love it so i'm really excited about this and thank you so much for coming so yeah. um, let's start with your name how how did you 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 mentioned to me oh, yeah you started to record that this name you received from the medicine do you want to tell us sure about- yeah so um i'll start with the last name actually so car um so my initial experiences were i with ayahuasca were not in the Shipibo tradition. They were not in an indigenous tradition. They were actually, um, I guess you could describe like a metaphysical one. Most of my initial experiences were first um, one-on-one in the daytime. um, And they were mostly to recorded music. And a lot of the chants and the mantras were by an artist named Sanatam Carr. Thank you, Sanatam Carr. And so this woman basically, she doesn't even know it, but she like healed every cell of my body and like awakened me. And and then I went to a Kundalini class probably like two or three years later after these experiences and they're chanting all these things. And I'm like, how do I know all these chants? This is, this is crazy. So that's when that's when I realized Carr was like a Kundalini yoga last name. Um, but to honor her, you know, I took that. And then um, the medicine told me, you know, when I when I decided to do this, it was about three or four years ago. And really, the message I got was just to, um, especially on Facebook, right? Because everyone's on their phones and they're scrolling and they're seeing. And that's a lot of the ways we communicate these days. And the medicine basically told me it's a way to imprint her consciousness onto other people and to ask them, what does that mean? Like, what is that? 
So maybe they would Google it or maybe they would want to know more. Or when I introduce myself, I'd be like, I'm ayahuasca. And they're like, what does that mean? And it's a, a perfect way to spread her seed, basically. So that's that's the the name behind it. That's the story behind that. the name. <laughs> it's, you know, very practical as well, because that's yeah. how I kind of find you that I search for the word ayahuasca to see. Right. You well the people who are connected to this medicine and and yours came up straight away of course <laughs> right yeah, yep. right you know the spirit of the medicine so so tell us a little bit about your background in terms of you know your life a little bit and how did yeah. you cross path with this medicine and and how did it change your life yeah so um so basically uh, in 2000 2015, um, I remember very distinctly, I was driving to a new job. I just got, I just got a job at like a really fancy treatment center, treatment for drug and alcohol. And um, I bought a new car. I just graduated with my master's. I'm in this new trajectory of my life. What did you study? Uh, I studied um, psychology in my undergrad, and then I got my master's of social work. Um, yeah, so I've always been, um, the, the why or the drive in life has always been like to serve humanity. You know, it's taken me a really long time to figure out my purpose, but um, that's kind of always, that's always been there. Um, so I'm on this drive and basically, um, yeah, I was like, there was this empty feeling inside and I basically shouted in my car, like, I hate myself. I hate everything that's happening. And it was the first time in my life where I realized that there has to be more to my life than these material things that I've created, that I've chased. I came from a family where performance was praised and my rich emotional world was undercultivated. You know, um, there was a lot of addiction in my family, a lot of mental illness, um, and I've healed a lot of, you know, resentments and anger and shame because of ayahuasca, you know, so thank you. Um, and really, I can see my family dynamics now as like the perfect storm to, to lead me to this path. But at the time, it was confronting for the first time a lot of childhood trauma. Um, and it was interesting at this, you know, synchronistically at this treatment center, I went to go work at, you know, they gave me a task of um, teaching a shame resilience course and by Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here learning this material and teaching it. And I'm just like, I am full of this stuff. I am full of shame, unaddressed shame. And they, you know, in that treatment center, they put a lot of their clients through family dynamic work and all this stuff. And I was like, wow, like my eyes just, I started to open up in ways that were super uncomfortable and I didn't really have any of the tools. So at the time, right before this, I went through an EMDR training, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy. And, um, that was also another, another discovery for me. I, you know, I got an EMDR therapist. So this is all happening kind of at the same time, this perfect storm, so to speak. So I'm in EMDR therapy. I'm going, working at this treatment center, even though I feel like I'm the one that's getting the treatment. And um, 
I'm also in a 12, I was at a 12, in a 12 step program at the time, adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families. And so just opening all the boxes. Um, and it, it was um, very uncomfortable. It was pretty, pretty miserable. Um, and I think that's a lot. I think that's a reality for childhood trauma or complex PTSD. It's not comfortable, you know, but the rewards of it are absolutely, um, they're absolutely incredible, you know? So, um, so then in 2016, um, in this very room that I'm sitting in, even though you can't see it, um, I, someone had told me to go see this medium, this channel. And I was like, no, I'm good. Like, I'm solid. You're crazy. And this person who told me, um, she, she went to the same gym as me and she told me like a couple of times, like she kept, and, and so I was like, okay, there must be something to this. Someone is really going out of their way. So anyway, um, I went, I went to go see this medium and basically in her channeling, she says like, they're telling me that hallucinogens would be really good for you. And at the time, I like, I had never taken a psychedelic in my life. I actually was of the paradigm of like, drugs are bad. I'm in a drug and alcohol treatment center. Like, you know, so I totally was like, you know, this bitch is crazy. I didn't do nothing of that. But I worked with this woman for six months. Like I developed a very close relationship with her. And um, she basically became like, um, you know, I guess we would refer to it now like a, a spirit guide or a guru. I really looked up to her in a way that like a student looks up to a spiritual teacher. And I trusted her. I was like, whatever this girl says, like I'll do. And it's worked out really well. I know there's situations where that doesn't work out well, but this one worked out very well. And so she really, you know, encouraged me to get training in hypnotherapy and Reiki and shamanic arts. And I just like, I just opened myself up to things like, I was like, wow, this, this stuff is real. Like people do this stuff. And, um, so I'm, so all the things I'm hardcore in my 12 step program and my EMDR work doing all the things and I'm still struggling. So I basically call her up one day, we're six months into our work together, my spiritual mentor. And I was like, whatever that Iowa, whatever it is, we're doing it. Let's do it. And, um, I didn't read anything on it. I just, I didn't read a thing. I actually showed up to my first sitting with a venti Starbucks cup in my hand. And she's like, did you read the prep? And I was like, I didn't get it. And, um, so I, obviously my story is, is very like, it's not the usual, but I've made a lot of mistakes, which I hope to pass on to other people. And, um, so that day, you know, I went on a hike with my friend and, um, I did, I did what I thought I needed to, to, to do to prepare, at least to ground myself. And, um, she was like, okay, well, she pulled out, um, what's that thing called a pendulum. She pulled out her pendulum checked in with the guides and she was like, you know what? We're good to go. So that was kind of uncomfortable um, because the caffeine and the DMT were definitely fighting in my mind with that. But, um, and then since 2016, it's, um, it's just been uh, an incredible ride. There's just so much to tell, but just, I think 
just to finish up here and wrap it up. Um, I think the the one thing that I learned in my, you know, my first five experiences, other than beautiful rainbows everywhere and mandalas and a world I had never seen before, never, because I, I, I did in the daytime, um, was I began to actually see who I really am. Like, I, I mean, you know, you read about the God self within, you read about the soul within, you, you read, I've read, I read, I read in 12 step, they talk about that. Even in psychotherapy, they talk about that. But for the first time in my life, I actually experienced it. You know, I was like, holy shit. And I tapped into a part of myself that a lot of my trauma had covered up. And um, so that's, uh, I'll stop right there because there's a lot to say, but that's pretty much how I came into this world. Um, and the world of ayahuasca, of course. And um, can I say one more thing? Absolutely. Yeah, so after, so I have this tattoo on me. This, uh, it's a vine and a leaf. And I got that when I was 17 years old. And I, um, so when I got this tattoo, um, basically what happened, I, I'll never forget, like I was in my room for like three days. And a lot of people would describe what happened to me as like a manic episode. It probably was kind of manic because I was, I was a little unstable at the time for sure. But, you know, anyway, so, and I spent like three days in my room drawing this vine and this leaf, not really knowing what was going on. And then I went to the tattoo artist um, and I was like, okay, this is what I want with this vine and this leaf. And he was like, do you want any flowers? And I was like, I was like, no, bro. I said vine and leaf. And I, I just remember being so ironic. Anyway, so I got the tattoo when I was 17. I added more leaves when I was 24. And then it was after my second experience with this woman, I was sitting in front of the mirror doing, doing some mirror work, just integrating. And I finally decided to look up like what I had been doing. Like I had never seen what the tea I had been drinking was actually made out of. And I, I, I don't know if you, like when you Google ayahuasca, that notorious, you know, pot, that big pot with the vine and the leaf come up. And I was just like, from there, I was like, okay, all right. Like, it's that realization that like, for me, like things are pre-planned or I pre-planned things before I came into this life. And I'm very skeptical. I still am, you know, I have a pretty strong ego still. And I was like, all right, I get it. And that kind of really cracked me up in a way that I didn't really understand. Um, still trying to understand it, to be honest, but that was, um, that, that's been really, kind of mind-blowing for me mm -hmm. um so anyway that's that's some of the background some of the story wow thank you so much for sharing and I'm just like smiling because uh, there is so much similarity so for sure it's not a coincidence that you know yeah. Press, like myself also coming from background of psychology and actually while I was still in university um, I worked as a social worker in in a needle exchange program we set wow. up the first needle exchange program in Hungary wow. as that was the first ever harm reduction wow. program in the country 
And yeah, I work with uh, mostly heroin addicts, but also like polytoxicomans. And uh, that was really for me that started me on a more like alternative holistic healing path because coming from, you know, from psychotherapy, I was like, this tool is like useless for these people, you know, like these people the most need help, you know, like I I learned in the university were not very helpful and useful. and um, so that's what you know put me into to just learning all kind of holistic modalities and and healing and breath work was for me one of the big things that I was into and yoga therapy and and other healing modalities and then eventually shamanism and before I started to work with plant medicine I already learned from shamans and like all around the world uh, more like shamanic journeying and other types of tools Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. for the plant medicine and when I was called to the ayahuasca it was very simple as well that I was part of a group and uh, an online group it's not really important what kind of group and the the, the founder of this group organized this um, trip to Peru like this mm-hmm. trip with which with the idea that we're going to use five different plants a combination of five different plants one of them being the ayahuasca to accelerate the awakening process and to kind of pave the path for the rest of the people to come and I I knew about the plan like super limited you know like I I also thought oh this is some you know hallucinogenic (laughs) stuff and that's all I knew and I went like without any research just based on trust because this calling was so strong for me and it was something within me said no you are going there people who knew me you know from my 20s you know I grew up in a city I was super disconnected from nature I was freaked out of all the bugs and things like that so Amazon the jungle they were like yeah right you know you princess you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, no I'm going really you know for sure wow. and and it was just so strong this calling and and the trust of this person who I knew that I just went without any research and although we did the dieta the physical dieta when I was in the jungle but yeah I I had really no conscious preparation apart from you know doing the physical part of it and uh, yeah so it's just so funny you know like the similarities and also you know I I have a tattoo and and Mm. um, it is beautiful wow it's beautiful I I did that tattoo before I ever sit with it and then afterwards I just got chills oh my god it's the plant you know and it was just you know the synchronicities and of course you know definitely it's part of my destiny and obviously your destiny and we were guided uh, to this path and um, yeah for me as well it was such an awakening and such a deep experience and working you know with my own shadow and my own trauma but Mm -hmm. when I started I um I wasn't aware of any integration, you know, I was a therapist, I worked as a therapist uh, with all the tools I, I, I gathered kind of before. And I totally thought that, oh, I'm going to go in the jungle, do this training, be there for a couple of weeks, do a bunch of ceremonies, and everything is going to be fine after that. Totally. And uh, 
when I was halfway through the training, like I had a serious meltdown and I wanted to quit. Actually, I was like, send me the boat. I'm going yeah. home to mommy and puppy. Like, yeah, you know, this, I mm-hmm. don't want to be anymore. And definitely not drinking more medicine. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, I had great support there. So I did stay and, and kind of went through with the whole thing. And, and once the training was finished, I was like, oh, my God, this was so, so intense that beyond my imagination, but I'm, I'm over it, you know. And then the facilitator said when we said kind of our goodbyes that, OK, the real work starts now. And I was like, what is she talking about? Right. I, th- I thought we did the work, you know, like that was the way, like, I, I don't understand. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, that was, you know, my beginning. And, and I had no concept of integration. I had no concept of what's going to happen after I had these uh, misconceptions that, you know, like, obviously all my troubles will go away. And then I started to, to feel worse, you know, and heading into total meltdown. And I thought naively, I think a lot of people think that, that, oh, I need more medicine because I'm still not well, you know, I'm still, I'm still not feeling good on the contrary. So I kept drinking more medicine out of this naivete that, that to a point of like a total dissolution of identity. And I was in a very scary place, even for me and that I needed support and the universe sent me angels, you know, in form of people who were Mm -hmm. able me through that uh, very intense process and and that was the first time when I met uh, a Mexican healer mm. who was in the tradition you know with the shamanic tradition of the red road and the medicine but she was wow. also trained in western psychology and breath work so she had wow. similar background to me and she kind of bridged these two things together and she was the first person who told me about the integration and who told me wow. that okay, you stop drinking medicine, <laughs> you know, like, right. just stop it, you know, you need to integrate, and I'm like, mm-hmm. what does that mean, and, and then, you know, she told me that, oh, you can use this rebirthing map from Stanislav Grof, because you're going through a rebirth experience, you know, and use that as a map to go through your own process, and, and that's what I did, because I was in such a bad state, and literally, mm-hmm internally but my life falling apart I just moved to Mexico I didn't know anybody here I had no work no clientele was my clientele was in Europe you know I didn't speak the language I was literally in like this like like house of like um just um um you know an empty house and and like total breakdown like on every level you know that that's something we can relate to and uh, I, I started to dive into this integration that she was telling me about and, 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 and understand more this concept and just, you know, staying with myself and my internal reality and journal and write everything down and meditate and do my practices and just observe, you know, and just, just stay open to receive guidance, you know, through the plant. And uh, I didn't drink medicine for three years, you know, because... Wow took me that long to to go to to come to a state that okay I feel centered and grounded yeah. and think, you know that it's yeah. a never work but, but right. you go through and, and, and that that was I think for my biggest catalyst to to uh, talk about the integration and go more focused on the integration because I was like oh my god that was the missing point you know I didn't know right. what 
somebody told me about this. Totally. You know, it's just like, wow, it totally makes sense to me now what is happening. And I also had the experience that the plant was working with me way after the ceremony. You yeah. know, so when I was staying, you know, present, I could receive, you know, continuous guidance and continuous support from the spirit of this plant and, and just understanding, you know, that I don't have to like physically ingest it all the time to, to maintain that connection. And, and also that change doesn't happen overnight and, and, and there, mm-hmm. there is time, you know, while everything unfolds and, and, and being integrated and that's that's like crucial and really for me the 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 message during this time from the medicine was that uh you are the healer and love is the medicine that i am the healer that is not the plant is not a person is not a shaman is not you know these are guides and allies I can do the, which I knew kind of before, you know, that was the path I was on, but as you described, it became a, such a deep experience for me. And, and, and going, you know, working towards that self-love and acceptance and, and really deeply facing, you know, the shadow and, and, and becoming like shockingly aware of, you know how I was thinking about myself. You know, real deep in my mind, and and the horrible mm. that I said to myself on a daily basis, and all these things that I wasn't aware of. You know, so mm. much started, you know, to come up, and I started to see that I have a really destructive, negative relationship with myself. You know, mm. and yeah. very little love there, and 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 so I started to tap into that that higher you know, love and connection and, and, and bring these pieces together. And that's, that's what really started me to, to do the, the integration and to, to talk about it. And at that point, I didn't think about to bring it, bring the medicine into my work as a therapist, you know, I was mm-hmm. doing myself for my own healing and my own awakening mm-hmm. but I was just so blown away by this realization that hey there is a missing piece that nobody's talking about right. but I was just talking about about that to everybody and then people started to come to me and say I want to do that what you did right. Right. process and I was thinking okay well I, I did it I have the experience I, I have tools you know I'm already a therapist so yeah let's give it a go obviously people coming to me asking me so so I was very honest and transparent with people saying hey I never did this with another person but you know I'm pretty familiar you know how the process yeah. and, and 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 I understand that it's kind of the same process for everybody individual way and this is how you know the whole thing started you know in in my practice so um you can tell us a little bit like how did you like how did you discover you know this integration piece and how you went towards you know that that focus and and what does this entail in in your work yeah um well thank you so much for for sharing so much of yourself i you you sound like you've just done Right, you've been through hell and back for the purposes of yourself and other people, and um, it's so beautiful. So thank you for everything you've done for yourself and everything you know, the message you're passing about integration. Um, and yeah, so integration, like you, I 
that word did not come into my forefront probably until uh, 2018. So I'd been working with the medicine and like, I was, I was, I guess you could say like now, now that we're more sophisticated, I feel like in the psychedelic realm and the plant medicine realm, we talk a lot about preparation and integration now. And um, interestingly enough for my EMDR work, um, you know, they, we do a preparation and integration protocol. So as I'm doing EMDR with people and I'm spending the weekends doing ayahuasca, I'm like seeing how these worlds are so similar, but very vastly different, if that makes sense. And it's like, okay, if I'm going to spend all this time with somebody, at least in psychotherapy land to open up these boxes of trauma, you would do the same with somebody with ayahuasca. And once I actually started hearing the words preparation and integration, you know, as, as the years went on, as I was practicing, uh, I realized that I, I did a preparation in a way by opening myself up, by starting the EMDR work, by doing a 12 step program, by having a community, but I just felt like I couldn't talk about it. You know, I felt I was like in the closet about my medicine work. And, um, and so the integration piece, um, I feel like I really began to solidify it even more in 2019. Um, and like you, that's when I also discovered breath work. Um, and I got, and I had done Kundalini breath of fire. Um, and then I was introduced to Wim Hof. And then I went and saw like an actual breath work facilitator um, who taught me about breath work. And then I also started getting into Stan Groff and like things just started to click, you know? Um, and I think, you know, the word integration is, is different for everyone. You know, it, it different like activities, whether it's passive integration or active integration, whether you're doing like, you know, you're putting good foods in your body, you're drinking water, or you're doing, you know, internal family systems, or you're really looking at different parts of you that are driving your life that you don't really want to drive anymore. And like, um, you know, looking at those deeper, are they unmet childhood needs? Um, what, you know, what, what is that? Where is that part coming from? How was it created? That sort of thing. Um, and basically now in my work that I do with people, I do a trauma, basically what I promote um, in my own way that I've made up in my head, but it's obviously like a hodgepodge of things that already exist is trauma informed ayahuasca preparation and integration. And it's, it's really respecting the set the studying and um, a person's readiness and um, really the autonomic nervous system, you know, the central nervous system. And, um, you know, it's like for me personally, like walking into a dark maloka with 20 people in the beginning would, I would have not worked for me. Um, and that's why I, I started with individual sessions. You know, I did into my first probably 10 to 12 experiences were one-on-one. -on -one. And that's what I needed that. I needed someone to be a sacred witness to all the pain that had never been witnessed. And I needed someone to be fucking right there. You know, so in my work, um, I don't, facilitate medicine yet, but I do plan on opening up a ministry in 2022. 
And that's basically what my specialty is going to be. It's going to be, you know, one-on-one -on -one individual. We do a full assessment of your childhood trauma and we begin to equip you with tools. Like you mentioned, like mindfulness, breath work, everything that can help you regulate the central nervous system, you know, because it's, it's like, if you think about it, if someone's not regulated and they're too high, basically in the ayahuasca space, we're not processing anything. We're just having a bad trip. And like, and these are of course my thoughts and my beliefs and based on my experiences. And I really want to offer a space where someone can go in and be regulated. We're giving them a dose that they can actually um, process, if that makes sense, where they're not getting too high, right? And they're in a setting where they can see the outline of their body. They're not dissolving, right? Because for me, the experiences that I've had where um, I was in a dark room, and I got completely dissolved and I was too high and like other people are screaming in the Maloka with me, is that, it I mean, you know, it's integrated and it's all well now, but at the time it was devastating. And I just think going forward, in my, in my opinion, taking, taking this practice when applying it to complex trauma, you know, I want to be careful and I want to give people, you know, well, I want to support an experience that supports, you know, the really fragile and vulnerable trauma that is inside of all of us, essentially. Um, and then when we add ayahuasca, there's definitely a lot of, a lot of things that can come up. So in, when I help people integrate, it's uh, I really focus on a mindfulness practice. So becoming still, being the observer, being the witness, and then somatic experiencing and polyvagal theory. Um, so befriend. Sorry. What was the last thing after polyvagal theory? Okay, what tell me about that? Yeah, Dr. Stephen Porges. Thank you, Dr. Stephen Porges. Polyvagal theory. So he basically talks about things like neuroception. So neuroception is the automatic process. It's happening right now, in fact. And it's the, it's how we take in our environment based on like what is happening in our autonomic nervous system. So if I'm chronically in fight or flight, I'm reading my environment as threatening, as unsafe, and I live in an unsafe world or, um, and this is very distressing overall, you know, this affects every, this affects the totality of my experience, of my organs, how my whole body is functioning, and how I'm either contracting or expanding in life. And if I don't have the resources to ground myself in my contractions, meaning my anxiety, my fears, um, you know, other human uh, mental traps we get in, um, based on trauma, but the trauma is happening right now still to somebody. Right. So if I don't have resources where I can soothe and ground, how can I grow and expand in life? Right. And this is what this right here. Right. This is what ayahuasca is all about is growing and expanding. And then when I come back home, do I have the resources to deal with what's coming up even after the afterglow? You know, the three week, two week, three week period where everything seems so amazing and and um and incredible, which is, which is a really great time. 
And then also having the resources, well, what do I do when my anxiety or my depression returns or, um, so that's a part of it. And then internal family systems. So internal family systems is a way, um, basically, and that was created by Dr. Richard Schwartz. Um, so I can actually contextualize and relate to myself in terms of like the somatic responses. So for example, say I feel a strong tightness in my solar plexus, you know, it's where a large part of our vagus nerve bundle sits and I'm having this experience. I was just triggered by somebody. And so with internal family systems, I can relate it to, oh, my, my, the part of me, uh, my inner child is feeling really afraid right now. And my protector part is wanting to push this person away to, so I start acting out, you know? And so, you know, internal family systems gives us the language of the central nervous system. It helps us contextualize and relate to ourselves and all the parts inside of us. Um, so these are definitely the tools that I've used on myself that I continue to use on myself, God willing. And I, you know, I, 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 I'm continuously surprised along this journey. And that's really why I'm tempted to just keep coming back because although it's very challenging, the growth is just exponential. And I, I just, I really see it working as, as long as I do the work and as long as my clients do the work. And that's what I tell my clients. I was like, look, like, these are the things you're going to have to do. Like, and I can say that with, with nothing but love because I, I know it's true. Like I've tried just doing ceremonies and like floating and then I'll just become reactive. And then that's how my life will be. And then when we have these tools to resource ourselves, to come back to center, to feel like a sovereign and empowered being, right? That's what it's all about. Teaching my clients that you are a sovereign being and by tapping into these tools, like that's, that's what's going to free you. And, um, you know, so that, that's something I landed on the trauma informed ayahuasca and preparation and integration after, um, I came back from Peru this year. So I went to Peru. I went to the ayahuasca foundation for two months for their, um, their ayahuasca initiation course. Yeah. And are you familiar with it? Uh, I haven't been to his center, but he was on my podcast. Oh, great. Awesome. Yeah. Carlos is great. Yeah. Great person with integrity. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, I, I basically had that, that experience of being in a dark Maloka, um, and dissolving. I had that there. I mean, after, and I went to the center probably with 30 experiences under my belt and, um, and then, you know, uh, a lot of things happened there. Um, but with that one experience, it, it really opened up my eyes to, um, the person I was when I first came to the medicine and just knowing I'm like, this would not work. This would not work for a vulnerable, fragile female who just is just awakening, you know? So, um, so to me, it's like, that's kind of like what I've, that's the message I've received and how I want to go forward in doing the work. Um, and like you said, like integration is key. Integration is so key. 
And um, luckily there's psychology, there's systems, there's theories. There's a lot of things we don't need to reinvent the wheel on. You know, it's a lot of incredible people have done that for us and we can just all work together and um, create uh, this paradigm shift that this ayahuasca is, is doing, at least in the U.S., you know, here in the U.S., I think you're in Mexico. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I think those are some of, some of my thoughts. Yeah, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I think we have to do a part two as well, because it's just, there is still so much to, to talk sure. about. I'm trying to keep it around an hour each episode. Totally. Something I, I really want to... Uh, connect to what you said is um, just uh, equipping people with tools you know and I think that I really re relate to to the the fact that the natives call this plant a teacher plant and not a healer plant and 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 I look at my work more like a teaching work than a healing work just from the perspective that you cannot heal another person you can only heal yourself but you can teach them tools that we help them to heal and to transform their lives. And I, I believe, you know, I, I come across a lot with people who have amazing experiences with the medicine and then they are becoming an integration coach and try to facilitate other people, which would be just very irresponsible and dangerous sometimes because, you know, uh, what, what kind of tools you're going to use when somebody breaks down, when somebody, you know, goes into shock, when some trauma surfaces that the person didn't even remember, right, you know, yeah. what, what you're going to do with that person. Which what, does happen. Yeah. Absolutely. What you're going to yeah. do in context if you don't have tools. And I, I feel right, yeah. that probably we are both so blessed that during the years, because of walking this path, we gathered a, a big right. tool that enables us to, to, to choose in the present moment that, okay, now I'm going to use this tool, you know, for this person. And, and this is what, you, you know, the best at, at this moment for this particular person, uh, because, you know, obviously there is yeah. a, uh, each situation is individual. You never know what's going to right. serve in the session. Right. So it's right. like, you can just intellectually prepare. And uh, that's what I, I kind of strive for is to teach people how to navigate intensity, how to, how to right. deal with right. triggers, you know, how to go through an emotional release, you know, how to mm -hmm. uh, cultivate a reflective mindset and, and you know, um, become aware unconscious limiting belief and transform them. So I teach them right. that. So, after they finish the program, right. they the tools and they continue to use those tools because they're going to face adversity and right. experience more intensity because life is life, you know? So it's right. never, now you're never going to have any more challenges from now on. You are done. Exactly. So um, something I wanted to ask is just... Uh, like uh, what what is the amount of time or do you have an amount of time that you say okay this is what i recommend to prepare at least and mm -hmm. this is what i recommend to my clients to do integration for at least you know after their medical sure. experience yeah that's a that's a really good question um before i answer it i wanted to say one more thing about um again i'm just noticing as we're talking about this um you know, the thing I realized, um, just, just in terms of ayahuasca, like this, I believe, I don't know if you've had this experience, but I believe, 
especially with your therapy background, like this medicine taps into things that I could never touch that I could never, you know, because, because the default network is so strong because the ego defenses are so strong. And that is just, that's human design, you know? So the medicine is um, a master. It is, it has blown my mind over and over again of how it just can tap into things that I would have never seen. You know, it's just, just speaking of parts work really quick. I had a ceremony one time where the medicine showed me there's, there was 28 parts inside of me. And I was like, what the fuck am I going to do with all these parts? And I, I wrestled with her. I argued with her. I was on all fours for like an hour and I don't know how long it was actually because time and space, but it felt like an eternity. And she was like, you have to accept all of them. So, so I guess that's just, I wanted to say that. So she opens it up in just a miraculous way. And then the hard part is that default network. It is so strong and we will default. I default all the time. And that's why the tools for the integration are so um, empowering, you know, because we can learn how to recognize when that default is coming online, whether it's somatically or part-wise or any of that. And that's what will help with the long-term change because the, the changes that happen in ceremony are um, sometimes effortless, you know, meaning she just goes in and she's able to do this incredible work. And then, you know, like you said, the work starts now. So I just, I kind of, I felt really called to say that. Mm-hmm. So in turn, that's a really good question. I don't think I have a solid answer for that. I really work with each person individually. And I, I do take into account, you know, um, have, have they had any non-ordinary states of consciousness experiences? Um, you know, and if they haven't, they've never done any sort of psychedelic. A lot of my clients have done ayahuasca already. So that's like, I've, I've, they've done work and like, I'm, I receive them on this place where they're already along the path, but I've had clients, you know, I have some clients I'm working with right now. They know what I do. They're very curious and uh, we're working on a lot of hardcore childhood trauma. So it's like, um, yeah, I don't think I can give a specific timeline because I do think it's a very individual choice. The person feeling there has to be certain factors set up. Does a person feel safe enough? Do they feel safe enough to the place that they're going to? Is the is their set is the set you know is their mindset good for now? Is the is their set good for that setting? You know, so I definitely promote like proceed with caution, do your research. Um, very uh, the opposite of uh, maybe how I jumped into this whole thing. You know, so I do think it's like allowing that person to really sit. And if they're working with me, we're doing childhood trauma work. That's what most of my clients and I work with. So they're doing it. And then whenever they come to that conclusion of like, I'm ready, then we can start moving into a conversation of dieta and like some things that to be prepared for in these experiences, like you said, working with that intensity because it, it can happen in ceremony and having just your remembering your breath when that happens, you know? Um, and then as far as like, you know, how long to take to integrate, 
in between ceremonies. Um, I also think that's like a preference, you know, um, I've never had someone who's like, you know, um, well, that's not true. Cause at the ayahuasca foundation, we do medicine three times a week. So it's a little different. It's like, a, it's meant to be that way. Um, but I think it's really individual and it's, it's like how stable that person feels, you know, what, what is happening out, outside of ceremony? How, what do you feel like, you know, what is your thought process? Um, you know, what are your, the goals that you have for your life? Are you able to step forward into them with enough resilience and with, um, you know, of course we all have backslides, right? And are we able to recover from those um, with, you know, relative ease and grace and kind of get back on the path? So I, I don't know if I have like a straight shot answer for that. I think it's really, really individual. Um, I, I don't think ayahuasca is for somebody who's has no tools and hasn't addressed anything and they're just going to throw themselves in there. Not to say that that hasn't happened with people and it's turned out just great. You know, I personally working with someone though, like if you're working with me, of course, like I, I'm, I'm responsible in a way, right? Like I need to be ethical and integrity and like recommend things that are sound. So if someone chose that on their own, that's, you know, we all can make choices in life. Um, but I would say the most, for the most part, people that I work with, they've, they've been working with the medicine. They, um, they just want to integrate on a deeper level. And then more so the people that I'm working with are like, they're stepping into the facilitator position. So it's like a different kind of evolution when you start doing that, because it's like, now you're, you're dealing with, you're dealing with a lot, right? Cause now you're responsible. You, you have to like, um, embody certain things. You need to be in alignment. You need to be sure you're continuing to face your own shadows. So, um, that's why this path is so beautiful. Right. Um, so I don't have a hard, fast answer for that. No, I wish okay. I did. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very interesting to, to listen to you. Um, I totally resonate with, with, with a lot what you're saying, especially that everybody has their own individual path. I also, you know, I don't really work with people who have no uh, previous experience in any kind of healing or shadow work or spiritual practice or something like that, but I don't even get um, sought out by people who, who didn't have, you know, like normally right. people who have that calling and say, no, I really, really strongly feel right. they come to that point because they already did some internal work and some shadow work in some shape and form. So um, I, I totally agree that I wouldn't recommend, you know, to go into total blank, you know, like with, with, with no previous experience. Right. However, you know, I also acknowledge that the, the, you know, destiny and the mystery of life, you know, and the divine totally. <laughs> mysterious way. So I'm not to right. tell it's not okay. It's just, that's not the way I do it. You know, right. I, I normally work two, three months with people in the preparation when they have weekly sessions, when we do some preliminary work, as you said, around, you right. know, checking, you know, family history, medical history, trauma. Mm -hmm. So they will become familiar that, okay, this will surface for you for sure in the integration. Right. Yes. Just, you know, um, 
preparing them to work through some fears and to give them some tools for the ceremony as well and 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 explain them a little bit about the integration and the death and rebirth cycle and how does that yeah. look, how things will get worse before they get better and so on and so forth so so uh, they have more knowledge and informed consent when they they go to the ceremony and right. then yeah, it, it is the right time when people feel prepared, you know, and say that, okay, I'm ready. So it's not that, okay, right. this is the time that I told you so, and you have right, to right. always up to the people. And I always say to them that you can change your mind on the day, yes. you know, say, no, yes. no, no, I don't want to do it. And that's right. fine. It's going right. to be an opportunity. Uh, I personally, I don't serve the medicine and I'm I don't feel so cold, you know, to do that part of the work. I have so many amazing people who I personally know who hold all sacred spaces with great integrity. So I refer people to, to these places or people already have, you know, some kind of connection. Nice. So I'm, I'm familiar with this space and I want to go there for the ceremony, so on and so forth. And in terms mm -hmm. of integration, like I do ask people to commit for a year with me. And, and that's because wow. my experience is that, you know, everybody who I ever worked with had like an amazing transformation within the wow. year. So I know from experience that if you commit to a year, you know, and you give you a hundred percent, your life will change. I guarantee, you know, yeah, what you imagined. And I work with a lot of people with, as you said, complex PTSD and chronic disease, you know. Right, yeah. And change doesn't happen overnight, you know, when you work with complex trauma, it's not gonna, you, you won't be able to work through it, you know, in three weeks. Right. Right. A lot of people think right. so, like, integration, after the ceremony, we had an integration circle, you know, that's, that's <laughs> right. right. That sounds nice, but that's, you know, an element. <laughs> right, right. The, the, you know, what I'm looking at, you know, in my practice and my experience is real, long-lasting change you mm -hmm, know so mm -hmm. somebody comes with a chronic disease let's say cancer or autoimmune or whatever obviously it's very easily measurable you still have the disease or you're here right you know right, I mean? right 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 and I do have, you know, many, many examples for that people recovering that here, you know, naturally, without medication, without allopathic medicine, you know, uh, coming off pharmaceutical med medication, um, right. living without the anxiety, living without the depression, so on and so forth. Totally. So, so that's something that is more measurable, but also, you know, how, how your life changed, you know, how your relationships changed, how right. your priorities changed in life, right. your perspectives changed of who you, who you think you are and, and right. you know about this context where we live in and we call life. So, so I think, you know, from my perspective, there are milestones that you can measure where you are in that kind of integration. Yes. Uh, you know, I find that some people uh, who don't do enough integration, they just keep going back to the medicine and say, okay, th it didn't do it for me. You know, well, first the whole right. process, it's not going to do it for you. You have to do it. And right. you, know, you didn't uh, reach that point of change because you didn't do enough work. So what right. more work, not more right. medicine, but do the more work. And right. So I didn't, uh, as I said, you know, I had kind of like a three-year integration process, but that was right. an extreme experience. So, right. 
you know, that was the, uh, I don't think that's necessary, but I definitely uh, see people um, just saying, oh, it didn't do, like it wasn't enough. And, and, right. and it's, it's the lack of the integration. And, and I can compare when people right. ask them to commit to the one year, not because of me, but because of them to make a commitment right. to themselves to say, I will put this year, this absolute priority, you know, this thing right. to and integrate myself and I will I commit you know to go wherever I need to go in terms of mentally emotionally spiritually and yeah. and and to, to to do whatever I need to do and 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 I I like you know I work with like kind of very challenging cases you know that they try everything and nothing worked and I'm like yep right. <laughs> <laughs> And one reason I like that is because these people, I, I really noticed that people who are desperate enough for change, they have the highest level of commitment and they say, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to yes. do it. You say, I ask people to journal every day, to send me their daily journal, to do certain right. practices. And, you know, we have a commitment and an agreement that I put in my 100% and you will put in your 100%. Totally then you will get out 100% for right. sure. So I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that this is the only way because there's so many ways of doing totally. it. And, um, and uh, like in general, I ask people not to do more medicine within that integration the first time, you know, so mm -hmm. they familiarize sure. with the process and learn some tools. And of course, there is always exemptions, you know, if somebody... Right in a circle and so on and so forth or have a deep calling like this definitely that there, there is always an individual uh, assessment of you know what's happening in that particular situation but right. what I want to avoid is people say oh I just need more medicine and this like what I call ceremony hopping you know and yeah yeah and not wanting to go into into the low into the shadow into the darkness you right. know kind of I think like a like um, a spiritual bypassing kind of thing, you know, and 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 then there there is not so so much results, you know, visible right, results. Yeah. And and I've seen many people who, after you know, fifty or hundred ceremonies, still struggle with the same challenges. Mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. You know what happened? Right. You know what is the uh, difference? Right, right. And uh, so yeah, I I'm 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 like super. Um, just interested you know to to hear other people's approaches and yeah and work in this field because as you said there is so many ways of doing it and uh, I always say to people you know who come to me normally people resonate with me so right. you know find me by the podcast by the book or something so they say yeah right. you know, with your work so yes. what I'm familiar you know what I'm asking uh to do uh but right. I know that this is not the only way but I know that this way works you know if totally you know, absolutely you and and that's all I can say and if you resonate with it let, let's try and if not you know like right. there are so many other uh, amazing people doing similar work and I I truly believe that 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 people are attracted you know a lot of attraction totally. to they need to work with um okay so just to to finish for today because yeah, thank you for sharing so little um we, we are um yeah it's at one hour now so i yeah. just close it for today and definitely you know do like a part two um, yeah. 
what what you would say you know that is something really tangible in your life how your life's changed thanks to this this deep internal work with the medicine uh that you can point out that people can really you know capture in a more materialistic way that okay it was like this before and now thanks to this work this is what's happening totally yeah i think um well, the medicine definitely showed me who who I really am. You know, this this bright this bright soul, this bright spirit that was completely um, exiled from my awareness. Um, and by remembering that, I've been able to. I'm trying to think about it. You know, by remembering that, um, I've. I've been able to create a, everything now is burst out of that rather than these really traumatized and wounded places. Um, I would definitely say I'm a better partner in my relationship. I'm, uh, I project less, <laughs> you know, um, that's, that's relatable. I'm sure we all want to be like, like more present, uh, more connected, uh, more love and more joy in our lives and not just that but knowing how to access that and that's really where the integration has come because I'm still human I'm not perfect like I don't ever want anyone to think that like I still got my issues and that's why the work is so important that's why I have to continue my practices that's why I have to keep going inside every day even without medicine you know and it's it's given me I mean, ayahuasca has given me my purpose in life. Like I'm married to this shit. Like it's on my finger, <laughs> you know, like, so it's, um, and it's, it's really just given me a way that I can serve humanity and be connected to other people who like are hurting. Like, cause that's where I came from. I came from a place of suffering and there's a lot of people on this earth right now suffering, whether they they're shouting it from the rooftops or they're not. And I think this medicine really shows us like who we actually are, not just identity wise, but like our humanity and how it's like, if you look around, fucking lost sometimes and being able to really connect with that and know the truth, know the truth of myself, helping other people know the truth of themselves and what they want to create out of that. And um, yeah, I've, you know, so I would say just remembering and allowing, allowing so many things to come out of that. Yeah. What about you? I want to hear from you. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's <laughs> similar, you know, and I think you described, you know, um, really beautifully how our primary relationship is with ourselves. And, you know, we have a very destructive relationship, most people with their own self. And as you said, you know, coming from that self-hate and self-destruction into a place of self-love and acceptance and living mm -hmm. from that space, I have goosebumps, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You know, so um, definitely this is something I, I, I deeply relate to. And, and for me, you know, it was just living my life in, in, in such a deep state of anxiety, you know, that I wasn't even aware because that was my default, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. that, that fear and that, that feeling unsafe and, you know, the result of trauma that I went through when I was a child. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so first becoming aware 
of that fear that I was holding and that was contracting my being, you know, 24 seven and, and, and right. in so many ways, you know, in relationships, in my work, you know, it was just, you know, manifested totally. in um, being, you know, like pretty self-destructive in my 20s and totally. on, on some deep level, I think not wanting to be here, not wanting to really live and, you know, coming from that place to, to, as you said, to remember who I am, you know, beyond, right. you know, beyond Absolutely. that, that um, hatred and self-destruction mm. and then to anchor myself into that part of my being and and slowly you know bring those pieces the, the who were afraid and who were damaged back into that part of myself mm. who, that divine essence yeah. you know the self who had that unlimited love you know mm. and and this just you know i i i don't even remember you know the anxiety is so weird you know when you right find this a lot you know when people go through this type of healing that uh, once you once you let go of who, who and what you are not then you're like oh I was always like this because that's natural that's your natural right. state of being and I have right. to, my journal I'm like oh my god I used to right. think you know I used to right. think all the time and I don't feel that and I just have this very deep sense of trust and and safety, you know, and 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 confidence that I never yeah. experienced before. Wow. You know, just feeling more connected, not just to myself, but to to everything around me and to the earth, that to my physical body. Like I wasn't in my body fully until, mm -hmm. you know, a couple of years ago. And right, totally. I'm like fully embodied now because maybe I'm just not aware that totally. Pieces are still missing, but just in comparison of to 10 years ago or 20 yes. years ago, I was, I was not inside my body, you know, so. I totally resonate with that. Yeah, just, just being here and being grounded here. And, right. uh, you know, another big thing is taking full responsibility for my life, because when I was so hurt and, and, and I had so much pain and. Amen. And all the time you know and always find somebody to blame for my misery and to understand that the world is not against me and the universe is working for me <laughs> and to instead of blaming and projecting just just uh, having this perspective of what can I learn from this experience you know I know that absolutely me to be you know a higher expression of myself and that's yeah like change in in thinking you know and in perception yeah. I, I I would say that was definitely a big thing and of course you know like coming from the heart living from the heart and that headquarters that was in my ego mind you know dropping it down into the heart space and and following intuitive guidance instead of reason and logic as as the main mm -hmm. guide principle in my life that was really major for me because I was born naturally, you know, with some psychic abilities and clear sentience. And yes. I grew up in a communist country and in a place where these things were not really encouraged or even acknowledged. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I didn't have anybody around me. And and the, the way the world was presented to me and what my experience of the world was like, <laughs> totally like... Totally. So I, I deeply try to suppress and go against this, this gift and this ability that mm. I always had. And, and it was, you know, work to 
break down all that conditioning that allowed me to disconnect and override, you know, that that deep intuitive part of myself who mm-hmm. is right and who always knows, you know, what is the best for me at any given moment and to give myself permission to honor that and to follow right. that that would be like another <laughs> yeah and remembering of course <laughs> remembering yeah. and what is this all about and that totally physical body and, and yeah. spiritual being having you know this this experience yeah yeah I love um I love how you talked about the the being in your body I think that's so key I I also didn't know what that was and it was so weird once I started being in my body because I was like oh here's my home <laughs> so I really loved how you said that and taking full responsibility for my life you know, I used to think that was like full responsibility for my life, but now it's like, I have full responsibility for my life. So it's, uh, yeah, those are two really, really powerful things. So, um, so thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your, and your, uh, authentic self with us today. And, and definitely there is more to come and yeah. Uh, your website and IG and offer sure in the description of, of this yeah. video so please for all the audience who uh, um, if you are listening and you're resonating with Aya you are feel free to contact her and reach out to her you will find her information in the description and of course if you like this video please subscribe to my YouTube channel that you receive all the fresh episodes of my podcast and also check out my book Ayahuasca Assisted Therapy and the Integration Process called Heart Medicine it's on Amazon and yeah feel free to contact me also if you resonate you know and and feel called to walk this this very powerful and liberating path uh, of healing and awakening and um, yeah we're gonna we're gonna come back soon and share about this and oh yeah uh, we have uh, on clubhouse which is Mm -hmm. a new cool audio app that i really love we have a weekly interactive room on tuesdays at 5 p.m cdt about ayahuasca preparation integration and actually our next week's uh, topic is trauma healing so <laughs> maybe you can come and join us Aya, there it would yeah. be so lovely and yeah if you are listening if you're on clubhouse like check out our room and and you can come and ask questions and share your stories and experiences and uh, also um, if you're not on clubhouse you know i can send you an invitation so you can just contact me for that and 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 that's something you know that i also offer as a service you know that we are really trying to put out lots of information that i wish i would have had you know before my journey and i'm so happy that in this psychedelic space that there is more and more people who are talking about this and sharing you know amazing wisdom and tools um, so it is easier you know maybe a little bit yeah. for people who are just embarking on this journey so thank you so much for listening thank you Aya for coming I really appreciate it sister thank you for having me really really appreciate it thank you so much yeah and remember that uh, you are the healer and love is the medicine so lots mm-hmm. of love to you all